0: Welcome in the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app or on Dash Radio. If you don't have Dash Radio, download the Dash Radio app. Search for Nothing But Net. And you'll find us every day, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Pacific. Also, check out 5ReasonsSports.com. Spell it out, F-I-V-E, ReasonsSports.com. We have all your latest South Florida sports content. We do not have a paywall. Why would you pay to read about your favorite team. So it's not just the Heat, but also the Dolphins, Inter-Miami, the Panthers, the Hurricanes, and the Marlins, who actually play their second-round series, the NLDS. They open up Tuesday against the Braves. We'll have full coverage there and also on our YouTube channel. We're getting close now to 7,000 subscribers. 6,800 of them are there for Alphonse Sidney, who will be with us today on the podcast. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, including the Seltzer-Mayberg Law Firm. They've been with us a long time this is the place that you go if you've had a car accident or a slip and fall, if you were hurt as a result of someone else's negligence, make sure you give the attorneys at Seltzer Mayberger a call. They're available 24/7 at 1calllegal.com, com n e calllegal.com or you can call one 5000 law with a centralized office located right off I-95 in Miami. They're ready to take on your case whether it's in South Florida or anywhere else in the state. Again, the phone number is one 5000 Law, onecalllegal.com. Tell them five reasons sent you. And now, today's episode. One, two, three,
1: four,
2: five. On the floor.
0: Welcome to Five on the
2: Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sidney, Alex Toledo, and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network.
0: All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. Here's today's floor plan. We are sort of still basking in the wake of the game three Miami Heat victory against the Los Angeles Lakers, tightening the series to two to one. Game four is on Tuesday. I will not be there, so it is safe to watch. We're going to reflect on three things today. Jimmy Butler, he spoke today to the media. We want to put that game into some perspective. Dwayne Wade just kind of did it for us on Twitter. Also, want to get into Goran Dragic and Bam Adebayo, who spoke to the media today. Not necessarily because the Heat wanted them to, because it is mandated by NBA rules that they must be made available. That's why they were out there today. And then LeBron James's comments. We will save Team Petty for last. Uh, let's start with Jimmy Butler, and I want to give Alf a chance to weigh in on this because I know you popped in on the stream yesterday, but. Uh, you weren't there uh, for your usual time because you've been busy with some some stuff. But um, I tweeted something today, and I, I I want I want you to have your say on this. I, I I rewatched the game this morning, and to me, it's top three in Miami Heat history. And the only two that stand with it are Dwayne Wade in Dallas Game Three, 2006 Finals; LeBron James in Boston Game Six, Eastern Conference Finals. Um, and again, that was in 2012. Jimmy Butler against the Lakers game three, 2020. So I tweeted this out and at least one of the three members agrees. I don't think LeBron's going to retweet it because he doesn't follow me anymore, but Dwayne just tweeted, Ethan, I agree. Um, do you disagree? Is there a game that you would put in there? Because I, I, I wavered on Zo, and I just saw Zoe the other night. I don't want to not include him, but that was 13 minutes, right? It, it yeah. wasn't what Jimmy did last night.
1: I mean, you could call Zoe, like, the greatest stint in uh, Miami Heat history, you know, greatest, uh, you know, energetic performance off the bench. But and, – and I've thought about this uh, overnight because, I mean, it's been everywhere. It's, it's been on all of our minds. It hands down to me is the greatest performance in Miami Heat history. And this, this is the reason – these are the reasons why. Dwayne Wade had Shaq, okay? He had Alonzo Mourning. He had Gary Payton. He had all, he had Hall of Famers all over the place. Um, he had you know it was against uh, a, a really good Mavericks team, but you know it was it was Dirk and it was just it was just Dirk almost. If you, if you want to put it in that perspective, um, they were underdogs, but not the kind of underdogs that the Heat were last night. Um, LeBron had Chris Bosch and Dwayne Wade. Okay, and it was also the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, Dwayne Wade uh, in game three of the NBA Finals I don't even remember who his defensive assignment was but it wasn't LeBron James.
2: Josh Howard Yeah, he got (laughs) that block at the end of the game
1: yeah Yeah. Um, LeBron his defensive assignment was Paul Pierce who you know historically doesn't show up in those situations anyway Jimmy Butler did what he did offensively 40 points without his next two best players without Bam without Goran Dragic he did all that while being a huge, huge, huge underdog, one of the biggest underdogs, underdog winners in NBA Finals history. And Is it number lost, one? No, I think it was number – it was the second – I think it's like the uh, second to LeBron when he w- got a game from the Warriors without Kevin Love and
2: of. Oh, yeah, what you're referring to, by the way, so people know. Christian Hernandez tweeted that stat out earlier today, that yeah, basketball reference has a game score metric that they put out you know it's a lot of factors and uh jimmy butler's game last night was number two all-time behind what you just said uh lebron's game six versus the warriors in 2016 when they were coming back from down three one
1: and then you put all those factors together and then you also say that lebron had eight turnovers and seven of them came when being guarded by jimmy mm-hmm. i think there was 32 possessions he was guarded by jimmy butler he scored the Kelly nine Steel. <laughs> the <laughs> Kelly that- Steel was the only one yeah, yeah, exactly. The Kelly poke, the poke, uh, the, the the poking the ball from behind, that was, that was the only thing that was, that, that was the only turnover that wasn't caused by Jimmy. So when you put all those factors into consideration, it's the greatest performance in Miami Heat history. Like, and, and, and it's going to be, if the Heat don't pull this out, which they will, because I called that they were going to win the next four straight. Um, <laughs> if uh, if they don't pull this out, it's still, I mean, come on, when you consider everything, no bam, no garm none of us I not none of us. Um, I even I I even as much as I thought they were gonna win that game, because I thought they were gonna win that game because Bam bio was gonna be available. And once he wasn't, I tweeted out, Welp. I mean, like I, I I'm gonna be honest, I lost some of my guts at that point, but uh, just with everything, all the circumstances, everything surrounding it, that's the greatest game in Miami Heat history. And it's probably going to go down as a top three, top four NBA finals performance, just uh, regardless of team in NBA history.
0: Greg, uh, when you look at Dwayne's performance in the 2006 finals, I, I, th- I think as much as we pick out game three, because they were down 0-2, and the circumstances, I'm not going out like that, Okay, and it was very similar to Jimmy's mentality yesterday, another Marquette guy. But the thing about Dwayne is he did it four times. <laughs> you know, he did it time yeah. after time after time after time. So on a one-game sample, I kind of agree with Alf because, you know, I compared him today, I, you know, for Game of Thrones watchers, like, he's like Jon Snow, like, I'm basically, like, fighting off, you know, the White Walkers, like, thousands of them coming at him, and it's just like Jimmy. <laughs> just just Jimmy. Um, and so I, I do agree with that on a one game basis. I think the way that it gets evaluated though historically is whether he does it again. Like maybe not that, but Alan Iverson, we talked about this last night. Alan Iverson had a performance for the ages in game one against the Lakers. I think it was two thousand and one was that year, right? He had a performance I mean, stepped over Tyloo, right? I mean, beat heavily favored playing with Jumaine Jones and our friend Raja Bell, okay? And Matumbo and Eric Snow. Like, that was his team. And they beat the Kobe Shaq Lakers because Iverson went off, but he couldn't repeat it. It it didn't happen again. The Lakers blew them out of that series. So is anything lost if Jimmy comes back and just has a, you know, you know, for Jimmy, a pedestrian 22, you know, four and six game?
3: well there there's two separate conversations I think there's the where does it rank and where will it live in heat in the from a heat franchise perspective and it's going nowhere whether the team wins or loses whether Jimmy Butler uh, replicates that type of performance where it rises up the ranks from a all time perspective where not just the Miami heat base but everybody will look at it in that way is one, if you figure out a way to win this series, like that, that changes the trajectory of what kind of game that was, um, on the all time scale, but also if he strings together a couple of those and makes this an even more interesting series, I think because the bubble run itself, just everything related to the bubble is so out of the ordinary. I think it's always going to be remembered. And so to have it, um, Happened this year will help that but ultimately people really remember this stuff. They really really remember it when when you close the deal and we have the benefit of the doubt of knowing that in hindsight with Dwayne like that he came back from O2 and that was part of a run that that became a championship. I think that that obviously uh, plays into the way that we uh, rank these things.
2: So I think it's an interesting conversation. I, I put it to you guys earlier in the group chat, but uh, a couple comparisons that this Jimmy game has got and obviously that we talked about is this game, that game, uh, game three in 2006 that, that Wade had and also the, the other Wade game in 2010, the last playoff run before LeBron joined when, you know, he almost got swept by the Celtics and he said, I ain't going out like that again. And honestly, I think it's kind of like, which one do you think is? it's going to be more like, right? Is it going to be the blip in the radar? Is it going to be like what you were describing with Iverson in game one where, you know, they go out in five and it's just kind of that one game? Or is it going to be the start of something else where it's just going to be a long series? I mean, Al seems to think so. Uh, I'm kind of in on it too. I, I think if they get banned back, this is really going to be a long series. But ultimately, it would be disappointing if they were to, you know, just not win any more games. And that's just a one blip because it, it ends up looking more like just kind of this BS outlier game that happened. And I, I, I think the Jimmy... 40-point game is great and all. The 40-point triple-double, it's obviously one of the best games we've ever seen. But this Heat team got here because of the motion offense and because mm-hmm. of the, the team's collective effort. And I think Jimmy obviously put together just an, an incredible game. But I would like for them to win more games, obviously, and just so that the team could get a little bit more credit.
0: Well, let's, we're well, I gonna, say – sorry, Heath,
1: just real quick. That what I will say is <laughs>
2: that Allen Iverson game is still iconic, even though they lost.
1: Yeah.
0: It is because it had a moment it had a moment alf which is i i think it's iconic because of the picture of him stepping over tyloo and i do think that jimmy kind of had that moment you know by going back at lebron a little bit but it wasn't quite that in fact the picture that everybody might remember the most off this game is the tyler hero snarl so i i i wonder you know there's this other element too that fewer people are watching these finals than other finals uh, because of all the circumstances involved. And I wonder if that plays into it, but when you have LeBron on the other side, um, it always raises the importance because whenever LeBron's story is told, now this game is going to be told. I mean, th- that's, you know, just like with Jordan in last dance that we talked about the Barkley game last night, like that is told that story because it came against Michael. It does depend who you're against. And, and I think that's a part of it. Next. I want to get into what comes next for Jimmy. Spolster and Jimmy Butler talked about that today. Before we do, though, I want to tell you about my bookie. Unless you've been living under a rock, you know that not only are the NBA playoffs going on, but also the NFL is back. Someone should wake up the Dolphins. But it means just one thing. It's winning season at my bookie. I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game's 10 times more exciting when, like yesterday, I took the points. So make sure you put some money on it. Go to bookie a g regardless of whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time my bookie is your best bet this season with the biggest online selection of bets and props they have made it simple to win and easy to withdraw your cash right now they've got a hundred thousand dollar super contest for just a ten dollar entry and they're giving away five thousand dollars in cash prizes every four weeks you'd be crazy not to invest in your sports knowledge with that kind of potential return on your investment ten bucks to win thousands you should sign up. You too can sign up in my bookie. Just use the promo code five on the floor, spell it out five on the floor to claim your hundred percent deposit match all the way up to a thousand bucks. That means if you put a hundred in, they'll give you another hundred. It's an easy way to jumpstart your bankroll NFL NBA, of course, MLB playoffs still going. They've got it all on tap. It's never too late to get started on your winning season exclusively at mybookie.ag. All right, let's get to the comments today. Both Eric Spolster and Jimmy Butler spoke, um, at length today, Jimmy had a very long press conference. There's one quote that is getting some attention from Eric Spolcher. Let's touch on this first and then roll it back to Jimmy. Because I tweeted this one and Dwayne retweeted this also. So I guess he agrees. <laughs> okay. Uh, what Jimmy needs to do the rest of the series. Eric Spolster on Jimmy Butler, not wanting the offense to go through him. Quote, we don't care what he thinks right now. There's no turning back. He likely will have to do something very similar to that again, to accomplish what we want to accomplish You can't be ordinary. That was a paraphrase of the quote. There was a little bit more to it. Eric was kind of smiling when he said it. There's no rift. But is this legitimately what Eric Spolstra wants? Because all season he has said it is not what he wants. Or is he trying to, I guess, inspire Jimmy? Or is he trying to set up the Lakers, Greg?
3: I think this is a case of that if you are operating under the assumption, and I think – Spo is seasoned enough with the media to do so, uh, where you don't have Bam or Gorn. Like, essentially, if you operate under that assumption, Jimmy does kind of have to do what he did last night. Obviously not a 40 point triple double, but he has to be the guy who has the ball in his hands. And that is basically facilitating everything. It's, it's basically this, and this is crazy to say out loud. Jimmy Butler has to win his individual matchup with LeBron James for this team to hang without Bam and Gorin. Like that's just how it goes. So, Uh, they don't necessarily need the same stat line i think that some of the offense could be transferred to other guys if they're hitting shots or there's just a different kind of game flow but ultimately putting the ball in jimmy's hands and living and dying by a really high usage jimmy game is the formula when you don't when you don't have Goren or bam
2: yeah i couldn't agree more i think specifically when you don't have those guys there's just no choice like I, you obviously give Hero a little bit more run. You give Duncan Robinson and these guys a little bit more run. And Kelly O'Linick has done a great job stepping up in these in these past couple of games, by the way, when you're just talking about the offensive load. So you have guys who can take that on, and obviously they're going to run their offense. But, yeah, uh, Leif is 100% right. Like, they're going to live and die with Jimmy being the high-usage guy. And I think just because, you know, they have the right personnel to be able to run that. Like, when you have – this is the guy – these are the guys you have left, right? this is the best option there is. is You have Jimmy, you have shooters. Your best bet is to just kind of be as disciplined as you can on defense, try to make up for it, and and honestly, get hot. Whether it's Jimmy getting hot as the the score facilitator or whether it's the rest of the guys getting hot as shooters, which we still haven't seen in this series, I think that's the formula. Now, when Bam is back, I think we're going to see them revert to a lot of what we've seen throughout the year, throughout the series, I, I mean, throughout the playoffs. But even then, I still want aggressive Jimmy, man. Even if it's not at the same rate where he's obviously dominating every possession, I would really like to see Jimmy attack switches the way that he did yesterday. at just a relentless, where it's like, okay, I got this matchup. If the, that side of the floor is cleared, you know, I'm going to work. And I thought Jimmy, it, 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 they really just simplified it yesterday by, you know, Jimmy didn't force it, the, the shot at all. He was really just, you know, kind of taking what the defense gave him just to a different, you know, with a different mindset with a score first mentality this time, I think. And, He's going to keep making those reads. I trust him to keep making those reads. So whether it's him going off or the shooters going off, I think we're going to keep seeing more of the same. The offense, by the way, going back to normal is huge because the Lakers shut the hell out of that offense that, uh, in the first couple games. And last game, it was really just the inverse. The Lakers, the, I mean, the heat defense on the Lakers was so much better than the first two games. I really just think like that game three effort with Jimmy and with the whole team was perfect. And they need to really bottle that and keep going with that. Because if they revert to, you know, a lot of zone and, uh, you know, if they don't execute the way they did last night, like it can go back to being ugly right before you know it. And, and they're down 3-1. They had to play perfect. Al,
1: what do you think? I, th- I think Alf, you're just going to – I think what's going to happen is I think Jimmy's going to play – almost the same exact style, but I think the rest of these guys are going to step up more than they did last game. I don't, I don't, Duncan is due, right? Uh, Tyler needs to be more efficient. And I I, I honestly, and these are some of these, you know, uh, these, these, Intangible things that we don't like to really talk about, but I, I think the rest of these guys sat back and they're happy with a game three win, but they're also looking at themselves like we need to help Jimmy out way more than we did, mm-hmm. right? I think Kelly's probably the only one that slept well last night. You know, I think the rest of these guys are probably like we got to do more for. for least this guy. Be yeah, yeah, Kelly
2: sleeping great. Kelly sleeping great after outplaying AD. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kelly's Kelly's like, wow, I'm I might be runner up for finals MVP. Um, but <laughs> but so I just think that's what we'll see. Uh, but we'll see the same aggressive Jimmy. And even if Bam comes back, Bam is gonna be limited. Like I don't think Bam's gonna play 35, 40 minutes if he even does play. I, I think we're probably looking at 25 30 minutes of Bam, which is way better than no BAM, but it's gonna still it's gonna it's gonna mean a lot more from Jimmy. Um but I, I do think that these guys are gonna help him out. I think this was an inspirational game. Sometimes we see a game like this turn a series where the entire team, uh, I mean, that snarl at the end from Tyler Hero. That may be the image, but you might as well, it might as well have been Jimmy with his hand up Tyler's ass puppeting that snarl like that was that snarl came straight from jimmy butler it didn't come from tyler hero well
0: well alf i mean i think jimmy's i mean i don't know know how i want to phrase this but i think (laughs) jimmy's jimmy's hands been up well i'm not gonna say it I, I felt like that with Eric Spolstra, too, because what when, when Eric Spolstra said the other day, we don't give a shit what anybody thinks. I'm thinking, man, he's channeling Jimmy Butler. Like, that's what he's been the whole time. Uh, let's get to some of Jimmy's Jimmy comments. Jimmy has today. cursed
2: in every press conference, by the way, from start to finish. Shaw. You're absolutely right.
0: So let, let's get to some of Jimmy's comments today about the way that – because he was asked, you know, they want you to play a certain way. Um, and, and you, that you don't really want to play. And he says, I think they know what button button's to press to get me to play the way they want me to play. I just want to win. He says he, he didn't – this is paraphrasing. He said he doesn't think that him scoring 40 is winning basketball all the time. And he went on a long riff about how his favorite wins are when somebody else has a great night that nobody expected. I love it. And I think that – and then the other comment was I asked him at the very start of the presser, if with the stakes and the stage, this is the best he's played, this is the most Jimmy Butler answer of all time. I mean, he can't even take, it's funny. It's like when everybody called him the star and the leader of the team where he wouldn't just accept the compliment, but if you disparage him in any way, he says, you know, I can motherfucking play. It's, it's this weird thing. Like if you compliment Jimmy, he hates it. And if you go, and it's what I always talk about, he's not a front runner. He is, he likes being sort of, like with us dogs, like stuck in a corner. Like that's, that's where he comes out. He said, I guess it was the best he's ever played. And he said, probably not. He had this answer ready. I was really good whenever I was in high school and I played in this league against all 45 year old men and I really dominated and I was 17. It's it's up there. But back then I was killing them. I mean, he literally just went, went toe to toe with LeBron James and pretty much kicked his ass. And he's talking about being 17-year-old, beating a bunch of guys my age uh, in some, you know, JCC league or something like that. It's crazy. Jimmy's um, just
2: cool, man. He's not going to hype himself up after that. It, it, it would take away from the persona. He's got to act like, he, you know, this is, this is what he expects from himself.
0: But, Alex, if somebody criticized him, he would hype himself up. That's the thing. That's right. that's, You're where right, he, yeah. that's where he comes from. Um, so let's, uh, let's get into real quick, uh, and then I do want to get into Bam and Dragic. Let's not spend a lot of time on this. The shooting, Alf, you have been so confident that there's going to be a game, right? Now, we've got three straight games where they have not shot the ball well. Duncan's not shot the ball well. Tyler's not shot the ball particularly well. Kendrick was better in games one and two in terms of his percentages. Is it just because we've seen it, we're expecting it? Because it's it's now been a little while. They had they struggled some in the Boston series also from three. Well, I-
1: I'm thinking I'm thinking part of the what we're what we're looking at is the the usual suspects are not having the shooting nights that we want to see because game two. I mean they had what the first 50 40 90 game in NBA finals history or like the second or something like that Um, now right there yesterday was 50 33 and 90. Mm -hmm. I mean they've been shooting well like the offense is not the problem. Yes, I would like to see ty- – uh, I mean, I think Tyler had a, uh, a better um, – Tyler was okay, but I would like to see more – I would like to see a six, seven, three-point dunk performance. performance. Um, Jay Crowder actually was hitting his shots last night a little bit, but um, they've, they've been shooting well. It's, it's really defensively where, where they have to turn it on. And one of the best moves I saw yesterday, and it was – a lot of the people on Twitter had to kind of point this out to me – because um, I was kind of distracted during the game. And I'm looking at the box score and I'm seeing that Myers is like a plus 13 and Kelly's a minus 12, but Kelly's getting all the minutes. But Kelly was fantastic. One of the, 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 the things that I saw from uh, Eric is that if Dwight was out there, Myers was out there. And it completely mitigated Dwight Howard. Like he was not a factor. So that size that – you know, when they're, when they're throwing AD and Dwight Howard at you and you can't get a rebound to save your life, like, that was gone. And Myers wasn't even getting the rebounds. He was just keeping Dwight Howard out – keeping Dwight Howard away from them. And defense on, – on, on the offensive end, Dwight's out there covering Myers, so there's, that's one less big in the paint. So um, I think that's where – these are the, those small adjustments is what's going to – is what's really going to win the series. The shooting is fine. The offense is fine. If they continue along the track they're on right now, um, it's defensively and, you know, probably getting away from the zone a little bit more. That's where the series is going to switch.
3: Uh, Alf's right. It is about the defense ultimately and the switch to more man and kind of taking guys and saying, listen, you have to just man up individually. And and that's how we're going to have to approach this series. Leif,
1: Leif, when your matchup against Alex Caruso, for God's sake. Right, I know. You know what I'm saying? Like, Like, just get it done. Yeah, or just whoever's biting up LeBron or biting up AD, send help and leave KCP dumbass over in the, in the corner by himself. But Let him shoot. You know what I mean?
3: To Ethan's point, though, with the shooting, if you look at Hero, Duncan Robinson, and Jay Crowder, they were 28%. Last night, they were seven of 25, I think, if I'm doing the quick math there. So what you're hoping for is that eventually one of these games, one of those three guys goes nuts and has the six for nine from downtown game, seven for 10 kind of game. Like all you need is one of those guys to pop on a given night or hero. Remember against Boston when he had 36 and he just couldn't miss. Like he has the propensity to pull that off. You want one of those guys to just have – one of those nights. And then Jimmy do does what he does. And that's how you replicate that performance. And all Greg, right, we're it's going to
1: be, a, it's going to be a blowout game. When that happens, there's going to be a heat game where they completely blow the doors off the Lakers. And it's going to come with one of those guys going seven for 10, eight of 11, something crazy. It's going to be right, we, hero.
0: All right. We want, <laughs> we want to get into Goran and bam next. Okay. So before we do, Want to tell you about another sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Miami Heat Culture has just again proved to the world and maybe even to ESPN, probably not, that discipline, preparation, full-time maximum effort, and perseverance are the pillars of success. When you hire Eric Brown at FiveReasonsRealtor.com, F I V E, ReasonsRealtor.com, the official realtor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, you've engaged a professional who admires and embraces these principles with several years of experience representing clients that include celebrities, executives, and pro athletes, but also first-time homebuyers combined with a business school education and a mindset like that, defining heat culture, as Greg likes to call it, Eric Brown provides an unmatched level of service. So if you're considering selling or buying a home in South Florida, or just wanna know what your property's worth, Eric at 305-967-9089. 305 967 9089, or go to 5reasonsrealtor.com. He can't help you, he'll recommend someone who can find out how this specialized professional business approach can provide real value for you. Again, it's Eric Brown at 5reasonsrealtor.com, the official realtor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, earlier today, as I mentioned, Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic were on the calls. This was NBA mandated. Uh, there was nothing to read into it. I know that some of that got out there, but there was nothing to read into it. They had to do this. Uh, Both guys are always cooperative with the media. So I don't think it's that they wanted to hide anything, but the Heat would prefer as little information get out there as possible. But both Bam and Dragic are the type of people that they just they show their hearts basically that's who they are and it's it's kind of like when Goran revealed that Bam and Nun, you know had COVID and weren't making it to the bubble when he wasn't supposed to say that that's just Goran he's incredible if you've ever interviewed him he's incredibly honest um, I want to start with Goran first and then we'll get to Bam that was one of the harder interviews I've ever had to see especially one that was not in person he wants to play so badly and this is I'll get to a couple of the quotes, but the, the money quote here where he started to break down at the end, he talked about his trying to come back and, and hoping the series could be an extended. And he kind of intimated that the extra day between the Tuesday and Friday games might give him a little bit more time to get out there. He said something that I think we need to discuss, which is that he was dealing with plantar fasciitis during both the Milwaukee and the Boston series. And it just happened to snap in this series. So the heat kept, did you guys, can I, before I move on with, did you guys know that? Did no. you know he was dealing with a foot problem in the earlier O series?
3: No, not at all. He no. sure as hell look y- like you it. know what? Okay. The, the, but there were moments where they would post video of Jimmy and Gorn walking to the court and he always walked with like some sort of limp like he looked like he was uh, like not fully mobile and you want, and I always wondered like how the hell do you just turn that on when the game starts and you don't look like you have an injury at all. So it's interesting mm-hmm. that he was playing through that.
2: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early
0: He said, uh, of course, it was not so severe, but then it snapped against the Lakers. And what we've talked about with plantar fasciitis is that ultimately it's better if it snaps because it doesn't heal until it snaps. But when it snaps, you basically need six to eight weeks off. And so that's where he is, trying to play four days later. Here was the quote. Most of the time I ask myself, I ask the guy above us why it has to happen right now. It's tough. It's tough. I try to look at it like everything has a purpose, so we'll see. And as they finished the interview, he was tearing up. Um, as sympathetic as I am to him, you—you you can, can you let him
3: play? Can you no. let him play? I, I don't think you can. I think you have to do right by him by not only doing what's best for him, from a medical and career perspective, because they something Bam said that I thought was interesting when he said, I have the medical staff telling me I can't play. I have the coach, I have Spo saying I can't play. Um, well, those two conversations are also happening with Gorin. And I feel like if everyone's kind of looking out for him in that way, what, what will be the, the tell all is when he gets the one year balloon payment, despite having this injury. And I feel like that's kind of, um, it, it, it makes for an interesting discussion if you know you're going to do that uh, and he really wants to play, how do you manage that? But he talked about how much pain he's in, so this could just be a, an issue where he doesn't want to get ran off the court.
1: Yeah, I, think, I thought the interesting part of his uh, interview was hit, just him basically saying he doesn't want to be a liability to his teammates. And so I don't even know whether it's – maybe he could go out there and play, but I think he knows, I think the coaching staff knows – that if he does play, maybe he can't do more damage to his foot, but he can do damage to the team. And that's it. the last thing he wants to do is go out there in his first and his first finals and be a complete albatross and an anchor uh, for for his team, these guys that he's fought so hard with. So, I, I like, honestly, my heart breaks for him because one of the happiest people I, I – I was more happy for Goron than just about anybody else on this team because – the, the, you know, the years that he's put in with this franchise and he's been, he's been he doing years, a lot. And nobody has earned this trip more than he has. And for him to have to watch it from the sidelines, like it just makes me want uh, the heat to get back there next year so much more. Um, it, but, you know, for, for this time around, like I don't see him playing.
2: Yeah. I mean, you feel for him for sure. Like you guys said, uh, the guy had to stick through these Luke Babbitt and Dion waiters, James Johnson years and now you know he gets to how, dare after how dare you how dare you
1: luke babbitt was a blueprint man how dare you <laughs> he's a blueprint for the office that they have now for for duncan robin luke babbitt in this offense would be amazing you take that back <laughs> we will be talking
0: about luke babbitt minutes that's gonna be the title of this episode luke babbitt would be amazing <laughs> that's that's miss on the pod uh yeah anyway um,
2: luke babbitt alex yeah, I mean, honestly, you feel for him, like I said, because he had to stick through all those lean years, and you know he was playing like an all star throughout this whole run. So I feel even worse for him because uh, you know these guys are competition holics, especially Goron. You know they love the game. I-, I do feel really bad that he can't go out there. I-, I-, I would tend to agree. I I don't know. I I don't know shit, frankly. But uh, it doesn't look like an injury that you know you can kind of play through. We we know that T.J. Warren and I-, I believe it was Sabonis before the bubble were playing with. Uh, similar stuff obviously not the torn plantar fascia but they had a plantar fasciitis I believe it was and you know TJ Warren Mm -hmm. was dropping 50 in the bubble but I guess uh when it's torn it it does sound like it's kind of a different level and if he's out there talking like that to the public that makes me believe the confidence is not there that he can go out there and be 100 percent and yes obviously having Goran out there even at, at, at that I'm sure like throwing him out there for 15 minutes could it hurt you if he just takes like Kendrick Dunn's minutes or something but at the end of the day, you don't want to risk that guy, uh, you know, really, really hurting himself and getting something worse. And honestly, man, if I'm going to be real, real with you, they, they obviously they could use Goran at, at his best. Of course they could. But if they get banned back next game, like what you guys were talking about in the last segment, the defense is the most important thing. They really need to get the threes going, but mm-hmm. they have a way to always get their offense going. And that's what Goran is going to give you. Like I said, you always would rather have him there. Uh, I think the defense is going to be the most important thing right now. So it's even more of an incentive to kind of keep them out, I think.
0: All right, so that's a good pivot here. Let's get to Bam. Uh, Some of the comments today, uh, I'll read them from the top. We can address them again. We're going to put all of these press conferences on a separate episode so you can hear them all back to back. We're going to put Jimmy Spolstra, uh bam we didn't want to overload you on this episode but uh Dragic and also lebron who we're going to talk about next bam out of bio on his neck it's getting better it's up to the medical staff i'm trying to get back as quickly as possible they're trying to make sure i'm safe and i'm ready to play but yeah this sucks has he been told he can play in game four like i said i'm day to day tomorrow i could play tomorrow they could tell me no i feel any injury could get worse they haven't said it could be worse they just want me to be safe he says this was important too He said this injury, he was definitive about this. This injury occurred in game one of the finals. He said it had nothing to do with the shoulder injury in the Celtics series. So that is somewhat new information. Then I asked him, I said, you have been incredibly durable. You've missed one game in two years. What is this like for you? He said, crazy fact, I've missed only one game since my rookie season. I don't like missing games. If you're wondering if I am really injured, he must be following social media. There you go. I've played through bruises. I have played through being beat up. It's been difficult for me mentally. And then the other thing was he says he's dealing with soreness from the next strain. And he talked about it being close to his brain and then said it's more serious than tweaking an ankle. Um, I came out of that press conference, not knowing if he's going to (laughs) play. I I really don't. I, I just feel like it's, it's out of his hands to a certain degree. Um, I don't know if winning the game – I mean, if they lost, they weren't going to bring him back for game four. So, obviously, it makes it a little bit more likely. But I don't know if now they think maybe we can steal another one and give him two days off after that. So, I, I'll let uh, – Alex, you start on this one. What do you think? <laughs> Is it because you saw me shaking my head? <laughs> yes.
2: No, obviously, if they, if they decide to hold Bam out, I'm not going to be mad at the team. I know they have their reasons. I trust the organization. I mean, God knows that I know that they want to win. Right. So I know that they would want to play Bam out there. I'll understand if They don't. But the idea of counting on that to happen again, <laughs> of stealing another game. I just think is, it's kind of fool's gold. It could happen again, by the way, they, they, they change their defensive principles. Like there's stuff, there's tangible stuff there outside of Jimmy, just having the best game of his career. That's going to help them moving forward. No doubt. I just, it's, it's a really tough task to, you know, hold AD to that type of ineffectiveness like he was last game compared to the dominance of the first two games. I just think, like, I don't know if you're going to get that again. I don't know if everything is going to break right. And, honestly, we haven't seen them go off as a three-point shooting team like we talked about over and over again. So that could still happen. But I just don't think they should be making a decision. The, the swing point of the decision should not be, well, we might be able to steal another one.
3: No, that's cocky heat fan right there. But um, I do like know- the
2: mentality, though.
3: Uh, Adebayo was he he was upgraded to questionable today, like they made a change to his status on the official injury injury report. So I think that's indicative of that. Um, it's trending in that direction. Um, the people that I talked to regarding this, they expect him to play. And um, these are the same folks who you know alerted me of the Goran Dragic injury. Uh, so I, I would expect him to suit up, but I think kind of Bam, what Bam's getting at is that uh, they're kind of checking this on a day-to-day basis and he's emphasizing that he is listening to the 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 directive given to him by coach Spo and by the medical staff and so there always is going to be that possibility that they uh err on the side of caution again but I, I I expect him to play Alf what do you think what would you do with him I mean he's your future
1: he's your future and I would just listen to the doctors I I, I think I expect him to play Um, just because of the comments, I know how badly he wants to be out there. Um, I, I think there's probably going to be some kind of minutes restriction. That's just me spitballing. Like I, I could, I could see them saying no more than 20 minutes, but like, like I said before, 20 minutes of bam is, uh, I mean, it's huge. That'd be huge for them. And you know, that's a guy who, who, you know, in 20 minutes, he could just play all out against Anthony Davis and pick up six fouls.
2: Better be the last 12 minutes of the game. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: right um but um yeah I, I think he's gonna play i do um and if he doesn't the the idea of maybe stealing another one that i think is a little far-fetched um but either way i said that he's gonna win the next four so they better figure it out i don't all right, know I'm we're like gonna be a liar on the timeline
0: well we don't want to be a liar on the timeline all right a word from safe cubbies and we're going to talk about lebron james I want to introduce you to another of the great new sponsors of the five reasons sports network. And it is a sponsor that would be important in any time. If you want to have a beautiful workspace, but it's especially important now when you need a safe one as well. And that's safe cubbiescom which offers modular office solutions designed to elevate your open office into a modern and safe environment at any budget you can personalize your workspace with options like whiteboards magnetic panels acrylic sheets and graphic branding most of the services are non-porous for easy cleaning and can be removed or replaced within minutes now this is for workplaces they've got a bunch of different options on their professional series but also they've got private room solutions dividers and sneeze guards and they have a classroom series as well so if you're involved with a school this is definitely something your school should check out of course if we have school in the fall and that's the point here we were entering a new normal period with COVID-19 safecubbies.com which is locally owned is the place that you want to go the phone number is 754-216-1071 again that's 754-216-1071 or safecubbies.com all right, so let's get to the other side of this. Uh, Anthony Davis, LeBron uh, spoke to the media today, as did Frank Vogel. And I just have one question. As I, as I, I go through Brady Hawk's timeline, follow our guy Brady, uh, Brady Hawk 305. I had him on the Laker calls today, and he was tweeting all this stuff out. And he had uh, he was tweeting out LeBron's stuff. Um, and let me get to the exact quote. This well, guy, man. Here it was. He, he said, I'm, I'm going to let Greg start on this one. He said, uh, hold on. I'm looking for the ex- Oh, here we go. On the trash talk. He's first thing he said, I definitely wasn't at my best last night, which I, I mean, take that at face value. He was not, we've seen him at his best. He wasn't at his best. LeBron James on the trash talk. I've always been a guy that lets my game do the talking. Some guys like to talk their way through the basketball game. And then he talked about BAM we'll get to this. So this is not going to be our primary thing. He said, no matter who's in the lineup for those guys, there's a great, they're a great team. There this is a typical LeBron quote. There are things that Myers and Kelly could do that BAM can't do. Well, that's true. Um, also some things BAM can do that they can't do, but there's also things BAM. I was going to say, say get a guys cab, in the but anyway, I'm sorry. Well, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> there's about five guys on the heat team. Oh my get a God. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I don't know how we're going to finish this now. All right. Let's, <laughs> uh, I had this all scripted. All right. Uh, let's start it was like with two, you. Three zone. Let you. Completely start. took you out of your rhythm, <laughs> right? Totally out of my rhythm. Don't mix that defense in here. Alf Greg, start, you start on this. Why, why did you object so much? And then I have a question for all of you that I want to get to before we finish, but why did you object so much to the way LeBron approached the day after?
3: it's not really that i objected to it because he's a vet with the media stuff he's so savvy that a lot of that stuff is just canned lebron quotes and and truthfully like he's not wrong in that there's been a lot of series where dudes have popped off at the mouth and then he just kind of sends them home even if they have their moment he ends up kind of winning the war you know regardless of that little battle but that it was just the end of the one sentence in, in brady hawks tweet where he says Uh, some guys like to talk themselves through the game or something like that. Yeah. Some guys like to talk their way through the basketball game. So, so my question would be, and I guess I would need further context to completely unpack this in a, in a rational manner is, was he saying that like that just generally, or was he saying that in reference to the way Jimmy Butler approached the last game, because that's where shit gets a little weird, in my opinion, because it's a very passive aggressive approach to kind of say that when you just got outplayed and, and I know like he can maybe act like he's above the fray and he's, um, you know, LeBron James who, who you know, doesn't, uh, he's not on the same tier as, as the Jimmy Butler's of the world who have to work so hard to get there or whatever. But ultimately, like if that's where he's going with that, that's where I take issue with it. But other than that, it was kind of benign.
1: No, my issue with it with it is LeBron has never been a big trash talker on the court, but he has been feeling to himself this yeah. entire playoffs. Yeah, and really, trash it, to
3: Tyler Hero. I mean, yeah, really in, in these finals,
1: he's John. He's crying to the refs like I, he's always crying to the refs, but it's so demonstrative and ridiculous. The problem is, t- d- last night he was talking that cash and got punched in his mouth, and then he wants to talk, "Well, was not. A, I don't. I don't really trash talk." Well, you was trash talking. And you got punched in your mouth and embarrassed, and now trash talking isn't important. And oh, some guys like it's like it's it's so disingenuous to me. I just that's the part. And I, I love LeBron James. I think he's the greatest basketball player of all time. Me but too. But this this is the difference between Jimmy Butler and LeBron mm-hmm. James when it comes like his that that manicured, tailored image that he puts out there, um, and he's he's so protective of it. Compared to Jimmy, who just, yeah oh, no, no, yeah, I talk shit to him because he talks shit to me first, and that's it. Like, it's just an honest, genuine answer. I just feel like everything that comes out of LeBron's mouth is just so, like, structured to keep his image. You were talking shit on the court. You got embarrassed, and now you're talking, oh, I don't like to talk. I like to let my game speak for me. Then why didn't you just shut the F up and let your game speak for you? It didn't work out for you, and now you, and now you're making excuses about it after the game. I just thought it was – I just thought it was a punk move. Like, he just didn't –
2: he didn't want smoke, and he didn't want – he was embarrassed by it. Listen, I'm not a LeBron hater. I'm not somebody who, you know, will try to take away from his legacy. But this personality stuff, you know, it would come up every now and then when he was here, you know, the crying to the refs, like you said, that's that's always been there. But what you're talking about specifically, I mean, everything you said was, was really well said. He was talking trash in that first quarter to a 20-year-old rookie. Skinny-ass mm-hmm. white kid, like – the team is missing two of their three best players, and then you got outplayed, and You're then you walked off runner. the floor. But like, I don't understand. Like, be mad at yourself, dude. Oh, you got, got outplayed off. by 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 David. Like, you are Goliath. Like, <laughs> he's not. He's to done completely the outplayed.
0: Off. He's done the walk off the floor before. By the way, that that's not that's not the first time he didn't do it here. You know, it's funny he didn't do a lot of this stuff here. He he's Culture. done it. well. Maybe he, I, hmm. I'll give it to you. He he hasn't done a lot of it. But I was trying to think off the top of my head. Who, When he was with the Heat, who talked – it was never a player of his quality that talked trash, Jim, except maybe Paul Pierce would be the closest, but it was like Lance Stevenson. Like, it was those type of players. I remember Reggie Evans talking trash. I mean, stupid stuff like that. Most guys Stevenson, of course. Yeah, but most guys don't go at it. But see, here's the thing about Jimmy. Like, everybody's like, Jimmy's such a trash talker. He's really – I've talked to guys. He's really not. Uh, He he does it, like, in practice, but in games, he's not – that big a trash talker and i think the difference that we're we're hyping on and let's finish here um because the difference between the two of them is i think what you've hit on alf and i wonder now you know jimmy is so genuine and that's why you know you can love him you can hate him whatever but jimmy is jimmy there's no bs it is what it is okay LeBron, you know, has a media coach. I mean, who I got to know very well, OK, who he hired after the 2011 finals where he told everybody to go back to their pathetic little lives, which is <laughs> one of the few, which is one of the few mistakes he's really made. That was uh, a mistake.
1: That was an authentic comment. Well, it,
0: you, you know what? It probably was one of the few authentic comments. Right. OK. And, and since then, he's had more of them. But I tend to think he's more authentic when he's talking about politics or sociology than when he's talking about basketball. I feel like the basketball stuff is where he trips up because he's trying to, he's trying to to chase Jordan in a lot of different ways. And, you know, and, and I think part of this is too Michael just sort of, his legacy was again, cemented by last dance when the whole thing is about Michael talking trash to the greats of his day. Okay. Mocking Gary Payton as a defender. And so now it's almost like LeBron's trying to sort of take on that persona like that. LeBron talking trash to Jimmy in the first quarter. Like, I don't know that LeBron. Like, that wasn't LeBron in Miami. That's like, what I'm saying.
1: He's, he's, not, he's, he's, he's trying to be Billy Badass out there, and you're not. Like, I tweeted about it today, and the Lakers fans found it, and now they're all upset. I was <laughs> like, he, he, you can tell when somebody doesn't know. Like, it's just not in him. He looked down while he was talking trash to Jimmy. As somebody who used to get into a lot of bar fights and things of that nature, if I'm ever talking into your face and I'm telling you I'm gonna hit do this, I'm gonna do that, and you're talking back to me but you're staring at your feet, I know you don't want smoke. You're really sure. not about that life. You're a shook one, and like that's the thing with LeBron. He it's not like I'm not uh, casting aspersions on his character. He's not that guy. This is not who he is. LeBron so, is a like, shook one. when it comes to stuff like that, that's well, not this. That's I think he immediate. was last
0: night. I, I, Alex, I think he was last night. I absolutely do. And I also think it's funny too, you know, where I look, the, I look through the, through this prism. I look at it through UD's prism because UD is the most no BS person you'll ever come across. Like as even LeBron said, he basically said, you know, without saying it, he's about that life. Essentially LeBron had that quote about UD the other day and the way that UD connected with Jimmy right away in comparison to the way that he has a really strong relationship with LeBron, but he his relationship with LeBron was more kind of telling LeBron how it has to be. Like, he even did that in the bubble, like, to keep the season going when LeBron was – when the Lakers were <laughs> almost like, going to
3: leave. It's like you, UD, UD is like his big homie that he always is going to listen to. You know what I mean? And exactly. Jimmy, Jimmy and UD are more equals in certain yes. ways where it's completely different. Absolutely. I think that's the key difference.
0: So let's, let's touch on that. We've got one more quick thing and we're all going to do 30 seconds each on this before we do though, I want to tell you about Biscayne Bay brewing, the official craft beer of inter Miami, the Miami Marlins and us five reasons sports. South Florida's actual independent breweries, owned by local guys who employ people in this community, to make their beer right here in South Florida. These guys are committed to our community and to supporting Five Reasons Sports, so we can keep bringing you all the local sports content that you can handle. So if you care about supporting local business and drinking amazing beer, grab their stuff: Marlins Lager, Miami Pale, Ale, and Tropical Bay IPA at all major retailers throughout South Florida. It's the beer we're drinking at Five Reasons Sports. I got a lot of it here. So, Alf, you back in town?
1: Yeah, I'm back. I'm back in town. I'm right, in anytime
0: office. you want some, you or Alex, uh, let me know. All right, let's. Uh, let's yeah, I'll make that two-hour drive. Well, it's not two, dude. You don't. Li- <laughs> I live in Fort Lauderdale. I don't live in Bob Beach. Like, I don't. What is that? I'm not. It's fine. Up- I'm
2: back. I'm back at, at, at Uber. It's fine.
0: I was gonna say, I mean, you're driving like a rideshare service, and like your whole problem is you don't including, want to come to Las Olas. I'm like, you're you're not. I mean, including I'm, in
2: Fort Lauderdale, I'm back in in your area, by the way. Since you guys are popping Ethan, off again, can right. People from Miami add
1: 45 minutes to everything. No, as, I and I, if they I, have I, to pass the Dane county I'm,
2: line. It's because I'm a Cuban. That's
1: true.
0: <laughs> you got to add the 45 minutes. Yeah, that's pro- that's probably part. Well, I'm Jewish. It would take me an hour and a half to get down there. All right, let's. Because uh, we we always we always drive slow in the fast lane. Let's uh, let's get to this last thing on LeBron real quick. Team Petty existed when LeBron left. Uh, I think it thawed. I think more appreciation of LeBron came from it. I think even from inside the heat organization, it came. Um, I think once he won the 16 title, the anger kind of became more towards the media for, you know, making that title more important than the heat titles. It wasn't really as much about LeBron, but I wonder if it's going to flip back. Like Greg, I'll let you start on this, Greg. Like, Is it going to flip back now where people start to dislike LeBron again down here um, like they did when he left in 2014 because he is on the other side, but also because maybe Jimmy comes off as more authentic than him?
3: Short-term, maybe. Yeah, I think that you'll see some of that. I think particularly if this series continues to get chippier and um, uh, when it's fresh in all of Heat fans' hearts and minds, that there'll be some – some ill will, uh, you know, towards LeBron in that respect, particularly if LeBron comes out and, and wins, and then you have to kind of see him doing his, uh, flexing and, uh, back dunks when the buzzer has sounded and, you know, the front running activities that that's like adds insult to injury in the moment, but long-term no, like this is the thing about LeBron James. Like I can't run from what he did while he was here and how awesome and iconic it was and what it means to his legacy is what I think will be the the greatest player of all time. So because the Miami Heat were along for that ride in the best years, ultimately when you come back to center, Uh, LeBron James will be endeared by by the Heat organization and fans. But Jimmy is like Alonzo where LeBron was like Shaq, like when you're talking about Mm -hmm. Miami Heat DNA. And I think that there is an element of the way Jimmy is doing this that – is, um, that connects to the organization in a different fashion and, and fans are going to gravitate to that, like just by virtue of the way that it sets up. Um, but you know, down the road, we're not going to be holding grudges against Bron long term.
0: That's the best analogy I've ever heard actually, in terms of the two of them, that that's, uh, that's a good way to put it because LeBron and Shaq felt borrowed. Uh, whereas, uh, Zoe and, and Jimmy, even though they came from other places, they felt like they fit right away. It's it's a it's a and they kind of became the touchstones of what you call the culture. What do you think, Alex? Honestly, I'm
2: I'm pretty much with late there. I think short term, no doubt. Like I'm kind of getting a Washington too, but I think that's just something that that happens naturally when you match up in a in a series with such high stakes. Like even if we had no expectations for the Heat getting this far, they're here now. And in, in the finals, like we we can all talk about having your expectations set and, you know, being happy that they made it here, especially when you factor in their injuries. But you still want to win these games. And it just – I know it kills people, especially, you know, the first couple of games, like when Leif was describing, when he's out there, you know, he had that one dunk after the buzzer where it was like a dunk contest dunk. And it's like, oh, man, this guy is really feeling himself. He also did the – when they beat the Nuggets and advanced to the conference finals, when they just kind of – when he sat down and did that whole thing like, oh, this, you know – we got more to go. This yeah. isn't Too this doesn't cool mean anything. For yes, we get it. You've been to the finals ten years in a row. We we know. We we have heard it so many times. Everybody knows this. Like I get it. You, you can celebrate, man. It's fine. No one's gonna call you a loser for celebrating. Again, that that's me. It, it, the emotions starting to come out already. But uh, like some of the stuff he does, it's just kind of like it it goes under my skin a little bit. And I'm seeing it also from Heat fans who didn't necessarily hate on LeBron after he left. Some of my friends were. You know, they were kind of rooting for him and, and they, they in general, uh, go for him as like the greatest of all time over Jordan. So people want to see him add to his legacy. Even those types of people are kind of turning on him right now in the moment because of his antics. And I think he's just kind of, yeah, he's too cool, man. Like, I, I think he got outplayed. He got embarrassed and now it's going to come out. And I think it's just getting started now. LeBron's really going to see and, and take this like a real series now. And I think now is when it's going to really get chippy and that stuff that you're talking about is going to get amped up. All that, all that resentment for LeBron is going to get amped up in the short term only. I think long-term everybody's going to be just happy saying, yeah, LeBron was at his best here and he's the best of all time.
0: Alpha, I'll, I'll let you close.
1: Um, I think if he cont- if this thing with Jimmy escalates, it could actually end up being a long-term thing. Like because Jimmy is so beloved, um, unlike, when Stephen A. Smith said they'll never love you in Miami like they did in Philly, which might have been... Oh, on, that might be a, the
3: worst take of this whole season, yo.
1: On a list of stupid things that Stephen A. Smith has said, which is super long, that may be at the top. Um, but if it he made continue, no sense. Yeah, it does, it, but anyway, if he continues to talk shit to Jimmy and continues his performance art that has been his his uh 2020 playoff run, like just, this completely inauthentic, uh, this, you know... And the whole, and we didn't even get into the Kobe thing. Like, that that's gross, and I'm sick of that as well. If that continues, then I could see there being, like, long-term animosity. But I, I honestly, I think LeBron uh, doesn't want any more of that Jimmy Smoke He's not talking for the rest of the series. He's going to make it seem like I'm just I'm so focused 0 dark 30, no more 100%, 100%.
2: Yeah, that's what he's
1: going to do because he <laughs> he's scared to talk to He he honestly he lost that talking battle with Jimmy and he, he doesn't was, want any, he doesn't want any more parts of it. He was tweeting so much. Hey,
3: imagine Wait, What has he
2: ever done that before, man? I,
0: imagine why, if
3: LeBron shoots 8 of 24 in the next game.
2: Oh
0: my god. Oh boy. <laughs> If that's the case, we'll invite Skip Bayless on the show. Um, thanks, uh, thanks to all you guys for joining. So the first time the four of us have been together in a while. I know people have been calling for that, so we'll try to do that a little bit more as we go. We're going to put up a new episode, like I said, with just the press conferences. Also, I'm going to talk to Joe Varden tomorrow. Uh, he covered LeBron for Cleveland.com. He's now with The Athletic and kind of get the LeBron perspective. Also, we didn't even talk about this. I feel like I broke some news two days ago, and we haven't talked about it on the pod, which is what next season is going to look like. We need to do a total – New episode on that because I've heard there's going to be three bubbles. Chicago, Orlando. This is being seriously considered. It's not definite, but the Player Association has to has to approve it. But I think Chris Maddox touched on it a couple months ago. But from what I heard this week, it's it may happen. Chicago, Las Vegas, and Orlando, three bubbles, 60-game season in 20-game like bursts with the players getting breaks in between um and that that may be next season that there may be no basketball in american airlines arena next year that the heat will be up in orlando so save
1: something um, for the off season i think that's all for the off season
0: (laughs) we're gonna save it for the off season so we'll talk about it then all right we'll talk soon thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network one two three four
3: five on the floor